November 3rd, Missouri voters will be asked to choose among candidates for the Secretary of State's job. This powerful statewide office is responsible for defending or rejecting ballot language and enforcing election integrity. In this editorial board interview, Democratic challenger Yinka Fallaty responds to our questions about incumbent Jay Ashcroft's controversial four-year tenure and explains why voters should choose him on election day. Participating in the interview are editorial page editor Todd Robertson and editorial writer Kevin McDermott. I've lived in Missouri now for 16 years. The longest, actually the longest I've lived anywhere. I've, I've lived nowhere else in my life longer than I've lived in St. Louis and in Missouri. And, and this is home. We, I have a, I'm married, I've got four kids. And, and so I couldn't be here, see what was happening to our vote and our right to vote and our right to be heard as Missourians and not doing anything about it. And that's why I'm running for, for Secretary of State. What, when you when you mention uh, oppression and so forth, maybe some specific examples. I mean, you, I assume you're talking about the current Secretary of State's office and and how he handles elections, since that's the whole point here. What uh, what are your chief issues regarding that? Well, uh, I mean, so many, so many. Uh, Ashcroft has been very, very clear by his actions, his words, that he is not a friend of voting for everyone who's on and specifically and i'm just going to talk about this year i'm not even going to talk about 2019 2018 2017 i'm just going to talk about what he's done in just 2020 beginning of the year you had jay ashcroft come out in writing uh, uh and and saying that he is he doesn't care remember when the the state supreme court uh, ruled on on that that uh, voter ID law. Oh yeah. Court in January said, "Hey, provision of this voter ID law are unconstitutional." And Ashcroft said, "I don't care what the Supreme Court says," which is just unbelievable that an elected official in this state would denigrate a ruling of the the, the state's highest court. Mm-hmm. So that's thing one. Then we move into uh, into into May when and I'm just going to lift up the salient things, not everything. We move into May. The, the state legislature passes that limited by mail measure, the measure that would allow Missourians to exercise their fundamental right to vote in the most dangerous and lethal global pandemic the world, our country, and our state have seen in 100 years. Ashcroft, on the day the state legislature passed that measure. Ashcroft came out in writing saying he's against vote by mail. Then three, Ashcroft was one of the chief proponents and pushers of the notary requirement, uh, saying, you know, like forcing Missourians to to try to, to have to track down a notary. When Missourians are rightfully concerned about so many other things that are happening, their jobs, if they have it, if they're going to be able to make their rent payment, mm-hmm. how they're going to educate their children, uh, you, you know, all of these, their health, if they have a relative who's come down with COVID or they're concerned about contracting COVID, maybe they've been exposed, etc. That's when Ashcroft is forcing voters to have to find a notary to, to exercise their most fundamental right as Missourians. Right. And we move into later in the year, 
just a few weeks ago, your paper reported Ashcroft said about the, uh, the drop-off ballot boxes that the Missouri taxpayers had already paid for. Ashcroft said he's not going to distribute them across the state. The very thing that would allow people who are voting absentee to be able to vote absentee in an, in an even safer way, he's not going to distribute these boxes mm-hmm. that we've already paid for as taxpayers. I mean, these are just some. This is just a sampling. And then just today, just today, I mean, the ink is not even dry on this yet. Uh, the Missouri Times just reported that uh, ask, that in, in uh, at least at least three counties in Missouri, and maybe more, but just so far, we know of three, the language that was struck down for Amendment 3, remember the, the two courts in this state have struck down part of that language. Right. But the court, and then most recently, the Western District Appellate Court just three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, struck down the language as misleading and confusing and rewrote the language for Amendment 3 uh-huh. so that it could be objectively written and not misleading. Uh-huh. Well, Ashcroft didn't ensure that the correct new language got on the ballots in at least three counties in this state. Just reported today, there are uh, voters received the old language that was struck down as incorrect and misleading. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, you talk about dereliction of duty. So this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about when we talk about malfeasance, when we talk about dereliction of duty, when we talk about uh, just complete incompetence and not caring about voting. These are just a few examples of what he's done just this year. I didn't. I didn't catch that story about the about the ballot language. So you're you're saying that that the that the the one the language that was struck down has gone out to some degree. Did, did you did you hear this, Todd? I did not. So that's in the Missouri Times. Yeah, right. To, it, I mean, the ink is not even dry yet. I mean, no. it just came out. What's the, what's the explanation? Are they claiming this was a mistake? Is he is he? Have they responded? Do you remember? I mean, what was no, certainly. I, I read, and I can have, and is it okay if my, uh, we, we have a team member, my communications director, is it okay if he joins us? I can't, I can't uh, allow him to speak because then I'd have to do that for everybody. Uh, uh, he's, he's welcome to watch, but but he can't participate. But I can right, call just, up the Missouri Times story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for him to watch and, and uh, listen for our campaign. That's fine. Okay. No problem. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it should be in the waiting room. Okay, hold on just a second here. Um, here he is, Connor. You're in, Connor. Okay. Um, let's see. I guess is this the the one? The hello. Yeah, uh, Ashcroft facing multiple lawsuits over remote voting practices. Wait, no, that's not the one. Well, that's that's today's story. Are you talking about the the story today by Cameron Gerber? Let me uh, let me pull up the. I I was just reading. Let me pull it up so I can tell you who wrote it. Caitlin, uh, I believe it's Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin Shalhorn. Kevin Shalhorn at the Missouri Times. All right. No, we'll find it. Um, okay, we'll find it. We'll we'll take a look at it. That's that's fine. Yeah. The ink the ink is not even dry on that story yet. 
And this is a this is a pretty big deal. I mean, you have you have the the one of the highest courts in this state. The, I mean, the, the only higher court is the Supreme Court, striking down this language, making it very very clear to Ashcroft this language is misleading. It's wrong. You cannot put this on the ballots. This is the law. The court has ruled. And then he does it anyway. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and this is this is this is coming from an elected official in the state. So this is exactly what we're talking about. So I'm just curious. You know, the name Ashcroft resonates across this state. It's uh, uh, obviously he has been uh, uh, taking advantage of his father's uh, um, fame and notoriety. And uh, 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 granted, it didn't help him when he ran against Jill Shook for uh, Senate, but um, he certainly wrote it to the Secretary of State's job. You're, uh, you don't have that name recognition, and I suspect a lot of voters, especially in rural Missouri, are going to go, what? Uh, when they see your name on the ballot, so, so, uh, I, I'm just curious how how do you overcome that? How do you, I mean, uh, what's your strategy? Well, we we know we know that the Ashcroft name is a prolific one in Missouri politics. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we know who his father was. Sorry. Uh, a lot of even Republicans. Many Republicans, and we do talk to Republicans because we have Republicans in our state. Many Republicans are telling you they don't know who he is. They know who his father was, but they don't know who he is. And if you look at his fundraising, it's very clear that he's not getting the kind of support that one might expect with that kind of last name. In fact, since I launched our campaign on October 3rd of last year, we have outraised Ashcroft by a margin of over three to one which is significant given that I'm a first time candidate. And as you say, you know, not many people prior to me running would have known my name. Uh, and, and here's what the data tells us. On the August 4th election, we came, our campaign came within 2,949 votes of tying for the Democrat with the most votes garnered statewide, period. In other words, had we gotten 2,949 more votes, we would have been tied for first place with the most votes garnered by any Democrat running in the August 4th campaign, running statewide in the August 4th. That being I mean, Nicole Galloway? No. Oh, we, got, we got nearly 16,000 more votes than Nicole Galloway. Oh, who, who was that top Democrat then? Uh, it was Vicki England running for treasurer. Oh, okay. That's you know, Vicki England used to be in the state house. She served in the state house uh, multiple terms, et cetera. Okay, okay. So I think okay. That, that bit of data tells you the amount of work we've done to overcome that name recognition gap uh, throughout the state. I mean, Nicole Galloway's, I think she's doing a terrific job. This isn't about Nicole, she's doing a great job. But for, for our campaign to get nearly 16,000 more votes than Nicole Galloway, that tells you something. Yeah. Yeah, can't argue. So we so we've talked about what what we, what you believe Ashcroft has done wrong. How how would you, what would you do? How would you change things? Well, there's so much we can change, uh, and it can be done. For example, one of the so so two main categories. The first category that I'm interested in changing and affecting is we need to make voting easier 
in our state. It is right now too cumbersome, too uh, complicated, too, comp too convoluted, and too confusing. We need to make it easier, simpler, and more accessible. This is how we do it. First of all, we need to have, and, and this isn't just me saying this, you have the lion's share of local election authorities in this state. They actually have a wish list, local election authorities, and I've talked to many of them. They actually have a wish list on their, on their website, I believe. And right at the top of their wish list, and I'm in full agreement with them, no excuse absentee voting, meaning that voters who have made up their mind about the candidates and the issues can vote. Uh, they don't have to wait till November 3rd, and they don't have to have an excuse you know, they don't have to have an ex a legal excuse. If they're ready, they know what they, how they want to vote, they can vote. Uh, so we need to, to have that in the state. We're just one of a, a handful of states that actually don't have this. We're in the minority of states that don't have no excuse. We need to have, uh, we need to have uh, automatic voter registration. You know, when our young people, we, we always accost, our young people always accosted for not engaging, not participating. You know, they, they, they march, but they don't, they don't vote. Well, we, it's, it's really hard for them to vote. Uh, we need to make it easier for them to vote. So as soon as they turn 18, they're automatically registered. One of the other challenges in the state is if you move from, for example, from Central West End to Ladue and to, uh, you know, and then to Chesterfield, you've got to change your registration from Central West End to Ladue. But you're still in the region. You're still in the state. We need to have single registration. That means you're registered once. In the state, you're registered always in the state, no matter how many times you move. Because one of the leading uh, disenfranchising uh, items is that when people go to vote, the data go to vote, many people don't know that they're not registered. So we need to change that. The other thing we can do, uh, we can have, uh, we can have uh, automatic, uh, we can have uh, uh, easier online registration. So right now, uh, the online registration is very, very cumbersome. It needs to be easier. I mean, we are in, after all, the 21st century. I mean, people, for crying out loud, can buy a car online and have it delivered to their front door. So we ought to be able to do voting by mail. And, and when, you know, the folks who say this is too hard or can't be done, we all just got our census by mail. The census, which locks us in not for four years, not for six years, but for 10 years. We did, we got it by mail and almost all of us completed it online and, and trillions of dollars right in the census. So we can absolutely do uh, vote by mail, which is another thing our institute is not just vote by mail during a pandemic and not just vote by mail that's easy for some people, but vote by mail that's accessible for all without a notary. There's no reason that we have to mandate a notary requirement for people. So we should have vote by mail all the time and not uh, and without a notary. I'll, I'll note, that, as you know, the, the vote by mail provisions sunsets December 31st of this year. So this is something I'm interested in, in keeping uh, and having all the time as an as an option for Missouri voters. Is and oh by the way, and oh by the way, this is something that our sister sister states do. Uh, states like Colorado, Washington, Oregon. I mean, Colorado does voting exclusively by mail. Uh, you, you can you can go to the polls if you want to in Colorado, but you're going to get a ballot in the mail. So so this is something we can do in Missouri as well, uh, and ensuring a vote by mail is, is made accessible. Um, in Texas uh, and other states, it's possible also 
to uh, vote in advance. They open up polling places uh, days, uh, if not weeks, before an actual election, and you can go in and cast your ballot. Doesn't have to be in the precinct where you live. Um, uh, are there legal impediments to doing that here? Well, the, the the impediments to I agree with you. I think we ought to have early voting. Uh, some places call it advanced voting, but same thing. Uh, the impediments are with our uh, the the laws. I mean, the laws have to be changed to allow for early voting. Uh, this is this is one of the you know the policies that disenfranchises voters. We're talking about voting that has echoes and ramifications for generations. Who we vote for office, what issues we vote for. Amendment three, for example, is on the ballot this November. President is on the ballot, all these things. And, uh, and but we only have, for most Missourians, we have a few narrow hours of a singular day to do something that has, has echoes and ramifications for generations. So I'm in complete support of, of early voting and, and we need to get those laws changed uh, by the legislature. So, but, but we need a secretary of state that's pushing and, 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 and pulling for these things. We don't need a secretary of state that's working against these things. Right. So uh, distinguish, if you could, between what is within the uh, realm of possibility for the, the secretary of state to influence regarding election law and what is out of the Secretary of State's hands because the legislature writes the laws, the Secretary of State carries them out? Well, uh, you know, so a lot of the, 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 so from a macro level, the rules, the laws that affect the citizens of the state on a macro level are mostly uh, written by, by the state legislature and enforced or not by by the Secretary of State. The many of the the guidance, much of the guidance provided to local election authorities comes from the Secretary of State. The but but also important is the funding for for elections. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Secretary of State does have the power of the purse in terms of this year so, uh, Ashcroft received funding, CARES Act funding, that came to Missouri to his office, to, and uh, to be used to uh, make elections better in Missouri. Now that money could go to things like hire more poll workers, uh, better education for poll workers, increase number of polling places, providing local election authorities with the resources to create a more robust infrastructure for uh, absentee absentee voting by mail and for vote by mail for this year as, 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 as the law now allows. So that money, Ashcroft controls that. That, that has nothing to do with Ashcroft distributing or not, in this case, the money to local election authorities. So when we talk about you know what Ashcroft could have done with vote by mail, he could have released more of that money. Much of the money that came to Missouri under the CARES Act is still sitting with Ashcroft in his office. In fact, he said as much in the congressional testimony he gave just a few weeks ago. And not only 2020 CARES Act money, in 2018, Ashcroft 
uh, got money in a routine way. 2018 was more routine. It, you know, all states get money from the federal government to help with elections. And in 2018, got money, and much of that money is still sitting fallow in his office. So these are things that Secretary, can, Secretary of State can do to make elections better. But the other thing, the other large bucket that is within the, the sole control of the Secretary of State is that ballot initiative petition process. This is an important part of how we as Missourians vote and we exercise our voice. I mean, we, we need look no further than August 4th when the, the voters of this state passed Medicaid expansion, a ballot initiative petition uh, measure. And Ashcroft controls, uh, the Secretary of State controls that almost unilaterally. For example, the language, the final language for ballot initiatives, that's a unilateral decision by the Secretary of State. Uh, he, he or she gets to decide what shows up on the ballot for voters to vote on. The timing of uh, the, the petition, so whether it appears on the November ballot, whether it appears on the August ballot, uh, Ashcroft has a tremendous influence over that. We saw that in the Medicaid expansion example when, when Parson wanted to move it from November, where it was originally slated, to August. Ashcroft used the procedural powers of his office to expedite the movement of that ballot initiative. Uh, we saw it last summer when we talk about allowing ballot initiatives to either <clears throat> have time to gather the signatures or not have time to gather the signatures. We saw Ashcroft, that would be referendum on women's reproductive rights. We saw Ashcroft sit on that and basically prevented it from having the opportunity to get the signatures to even get on the ballot for people to vote yay or nay on. So the Secretary of State has a ton of influence, direct influence, uh, near unilateral influence on the language, the, 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 the timing and the, the signature gathering process for ballot initiatives. And certainly a lot of influence over the, uh, the voting process as well. Uh, regarding your, your biography, I'm curious about something. You, you were born in Nigeria? Correct. When, uh, how old were you when you immigrated? Seven. Seven. Okay. So you 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 have some some memory of that. How does that how does that affect your, I mean, going into politics uh, and particularly American democracy? Does that does that play at all into why you're doing this and what you want to do, or is, is seven too young for that to have been an impact? Oh, it's uh, it it plays a big role. It plays a big role. I remember I I came at seven, but but I didn't lose all ties with the country at seven. I still have grandparents, I still have uncles and aunts and, uh, and cousins. And so I'm well aware of what's happening in Nigeria in terms of democracy. And quite frankly, and if you ask 10 Nigerians this, nine and a half would agree with me that, uh, you know, and it's not just Nigeria, it's many countries around the world where you have democracy in name only. Uh, and, and we don't want that here. I mean, you'll have in elections, and, and again, it's not just Nigeria, you, have, you know, Iraq, uh, you know, other countries around the world where uh, you'll, you'll go, people will vote on, a, on election day and you'll have a precinct of say 100,000 people and the, the opposition didn't get a single vote out of 100,000 people. I mean, really? You know, but that, that's the kind of stuff that happens. And, yes. and so having been informed uh, by growing up in my first seven years in a country and understanding, so, you know, having ties with, with relatives and whatnot. I don't want the U.S. 
to have democracy in name only. I don't want Missouri to have democracy in name only. Uh, we've seen what happens when countries go to that extent. We are not there, but the, the path that Ashcroft has got us on as a state, that's the glide path. When you have a secretary of state that's, uh, that's doing just what I talked about a bit ago, just today, you know, not ensuring that the language the court rejected, making sure it didn't get on the ballot. When you have a secretary of state that's making it harder for people to vote, not, you know, uh, you know, pushing for a notary requirement, making it more difficult for people to vote. When you have a secretary of state who, uh, who is against vote by mail, when people need that as a mechanism, uh, when, when he's against uh, the, the, when the voter ID provision that the Supreme Court struck down, when he's saying, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I mean, this is, you know, uh, these, are, these are the beginnings of, of how you lose your democracy. You know, we, we've all heard that old, age, uh, old, age old adage, how do you boil a frog? <laughs> right. So, so too it is with democracy. And if you're not careful, if, if people aren't careful, if you're not paying attention, they begin to lose elements of their democracy one by one by one by one. And then you wake up in less than a generation and you realize, my goodness, we've lost our right to vote. We've lost our voice. We've lost our, our democracy because we had a secretary of state that was leading us in the wrong direction. So very much so, I'm, I'm informed by what has happened in Nigeria and so many other countries don't really have, they have democracy in name only. All right. Um, just looking over my list of questions, I think I've, I've uh, gotten all mine answered. Kevin, you have any yeah. other questions? No, I'm good. Okay, well this has been a really good uh, conversation. Really do appreciate your time and hope to be talking to you again sometime. Well, Todd and Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your interest in our race. I look forward to, uh, to hearing further and, and looking forward to staying connected with you all. All righty. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. Thank all you. Right. Have a good rest of your day. You too.